everyone and welcome to season three episode 15 of the big at the back podcast and we are back with the worst game week in history <laughs> but the best footballing weekends <laughs> in history so matt how are you i am good thanks it i mean yeah, if, if we'll get onto the FPL side of things because I'm, I mean, it was, I like you say, the worst. Yeah, let's, let's just not. Uh, it was the <laughs> worst weekend ever, but it was objectively hilarious. And there were some fantastic talking points across the entire weekend, which we will obviously get onto. Mm. Um, but other than that, things are good. I can't believe that it's like already the 7th of November. And I'm going to blink and it's going to be Christmas. And then uh, the festive football, the, the nightmare of festive football and FPL are going to hit before we even know it. And I'm not quite ready for that. But how are you? I'm good. I'm really excited for festive football. Um, before that, though, we have got an international break to be bored at. So. Yay! Oh, and it, but it is the last one. It's the last one of the year. So it's... We're almost done with them. Um, but yeah. we, got? we have got Malta at home and North Macedonia away. Two wow. huge games. <laughs> Can't wait for Kane to score like seven in each of them. Um, I mean, what form he's in, by the way, as well. Unbelievable. <laughs> Another hat-trick against this time against Dortmund at the weekend. Yeah. Um, oh, mental. He's looking pretty strong at Bayern, isn't he? Um, but it's good to see that the Spursiness carried over, though, because they did get knocked out of the German Cup um, in like to a third division side, and um, they aren't even top of the league at the moment. They're second because Leverkusen are top, having I think they've won nine and drawn one, and that draw was against Munich. Xabi Alonso doing wonders there. Could be the next Liverpool manager, Xavi Alonso. By all uh, accounts, he could be the next Real Madrid manager. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'd be loved either way. But let's not go there. Let's instead... I'm just trying to delay the FPL talk as long as possible. Can you tell? Come on, we've got to do it. Um, before we actually dive into our teams, though, uh, Matt and I will be going to the Always Cheating FPL meetup this Friday at Belushi's in London Bridge. We're probably going to be drunk before we arrive, but we're going to have loads of fun. So hope to see as many of you there as possible. Yeah, it should be a laugh. Returning to uh, a scene of a previous day out for us that started at 7am um, and basically went on for 24 hours um, and then needed about a week to recover. I think we stopped at 9am the next day, so it was 26 hours. Um, I think the context is we were in Belushi's at 7am watching Wrestle Kingdom, which was a Japanese wrestling show. And then we just kept going. I think I made we a better... finished around oh. lunchtime, and then we just went to more bars, more pubs, and then we ended up back at yours playing FIFA all night. I remember uh, making a bet on Obiang to score against Tottenham, and he did. And I <laughs> What a day that was. Absolute rocket into the top corner at Wembley. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Well, look, as we're speaking about Spursiness, we spoke about Harry Kane being Spursy. We spoke about Obiang's goal against Spurs. 
we definitely need to start there just to inject a bit of joy into the podcast. So let's rip the band-aid off to start with and talk about FPL. <laughs> um, so a whopping 26 points for me this week. Um, so yeah, red arrows. I know it's shocking, is it? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's easier to name the players that did return and didn't. Um, two returns in my team, Mitoma and Bowen, six and seven. And then ones, zeros and twos throughout the rest. Harland with one doubled up to two. Uh, Cash with zero. Simicas coming off the bench for Liverpool. Blocked Kabore coming on um, for me. So that is a seven-point swing, which would have actually taken me just above average for the week. But here we are. Yeah, it was it was an absolute shit show all round, wasn't it? I can't say I'm much better. Um, so I ended on 24 points. Actually, the only player in my whole team to return, and thank God I have him as Trippier, with nine points. Everyone else, zero, ones and twos across the board. I'm so glad I didn't sell Trippier this week. I was tempted, but I elected not to. But what a disaster that would have been. Um, as from FPL Scout and FPL Black Box, one of like the premier managers, one of the best FPL players out there, posted his team. He got 11 this week. So even for the FPL experts out there, there are some pretty shocking scores. And every the consolation is it's a good week to have a bad week. So having a terrible week, I was, I think, around 7K in the world or 7,100, I dropped to 13,000 exactly in the world right now. So yes, I've almost doubled my rank, but I've only gained about 6,000 spots, which really isn't too bad considering at this stage of the season with a score like that, I'd be expecting to drop out of the top 100K. So, you know, the consolation is everyone's had a good bad week, so it's a good week to have a bad week. Yeah, everyone's in the same boat. I think it also just sort of another thing that's sort of typical of this week was um, Forrest keeping a clean sheet, but Turner not playing <laughs> um, because I know a lot of people have got him in rotation. A lot of them people probably didn't start him anyway this week um, because it was Villa and it obviously seemed like a very tough fixture. But yeah, it, 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 it feels like we're all being trolled this week by FPL, so... It's just one of those things. But like I said, on the flip side, the actual weekend of football was hilarious. Yeah, on FPL, the, the game just trolled everyone. Burn going off at half-time injured. Um, both, like, two Spurs defenders being sent off and one going off injured. Um, Madison going off injured. Um, Flecken going off injured. Ev everything that could go wrong in FPL. Cash going off injured and getting zero points. Harland. Harland, that going on injured at halftime, having done nothing. Alvarez not returning when City had scored six goals. Doku, who nobody has on FPL, getting 22 points. We can talk more about City and him in a bit. But it was just a bit of a shit show, and I'm here for it. So now we know we should have all had Nicholas Jackson the whole time. Let's, let's start with the best game of football I've watched as a neutral in a long, long time. I had so much fun watching it. It is unbelievable. Chelsea 4, Spurs 1, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer team. Yeah, funny. Uh, a guy I work with 
um, spoke to me, like messaged me probably about five o'clock and he said, oh, I've just been offered a, a ticket for his missus brother who had a spare ticket in a box for the game last night through work um, on behalf of Netflix, actually. And so it was like, oh, I, I was like, I've got to rush up, get there. So it was a bit of a, a rush to get there. And I thought, you lucky bastard, what a game you got to see as a neutral. Um, it was just mental. I mean, doggy lucky to survive the initial yellow card um, and not being upgraded to a red for the most ridiculous two-footed challenge when all he had to do was stand up because the ball was basically coming straight to him anyway. And then he thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just going to go and get a second card later in the game anyway. Romero kicking someone off the ball and Var going, nah, we'll, we'll just let that one slide. And then going... Well, I got away with one, so I'll just go in over the top inside the area. And then it was just, and then Postacoglu, I admire his game plan and sticking to it and going, I'm going to stick with the high line. Like, but seriously, you're not going to get away with it. They got away with it like three times before they got punished. And it was just hilarious. The amount of VAR reviews, penalty incidents, 12 minutes of stoppage time in that first half. So I think I read it was 12 minutes of stoppage time. But out of that 57 minutes, the ball was in play for about 23. Wild. Um, Postacoglu showed complete tactical ineptitude. Complete tactical ineptitude. Let's, when Klopp's Liverpool went down to nine men, they parked the bus and countered and played that brilliantly. And it took a 96-minute unlucky deflected own goal for them to lose that match. That's adapted. Like they're normally a high pressing team and high line team as well, but that they adapted to the situation. Postecoglou showed no adaption capability whatsoever. Funny so, though, complete tactical ineptitude and brilliant. And then he has the key to go and complain about the refs. Like, are you joking? I would actually say Spurs in this game got lucky. Udogi should have been sent off far earlier than he was. Romero should have been sent off far earlier than he was. Spurs in this game yet again had the gods smiling down on them, but it disallowed goal shouldn't have been disallowed. Yeah, they then scored the penalty, but I don't so that, that disallowed goal was correct. I disagree. I think the player whose legs it went through was far enough away from the keeper that it wasn't interfering with play. I am telling you, if it goes through a player's legs as a goalkeeper, that is a distraction. Okay, so it interferes no, no. with play. You'll probably know that better than me then, but Either way, Spurs. I know most lucky. things better than you, Tom. <laughs> Spurs were lucky. Well, not FPL, I think. Got more points this week. <laughs> Spurs were lucky in this game. Yeah. That being said, I don't think I've ever watched a more unconvincing four-one <laughs> win in my entire life. How did Chelsea look so shit? And I think I texted it in our group. If you're down to nine men and you're playing a high line. The front three you probably most want to play against are Sterling, Jackson and Mudrick because they are just terrible footballers. It's going to be the most undeserved hat-trick in history. Far less undeserved than the Dirk Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> the hat-trick that had combined yardage of six yards. Um, I was putting, I was still putting good money on Jackson missing at least one of those tap-ins because it was that bad. Um, well, he, but, did. Yeah. he did miss the free header on the goal line before. Yeah, and after the hat-trick, he had a chance for a fourth that he skied from about eight yards out. It, it was just an objectively hilarious game of football. I am 
here for it. And if that's what VAR wants to do, then I'm all for it. Just let it happen. Just, they should just flip a coin every time it goes to them. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be nicer than just giving Spurs every decision their way, rightly <laughs> or wrongly, which they seem to be doing. And that's not all. I mean, we can talk as much as we want about City and Newcastle getting all the decisions their way as well. But then maybe save that for another podcast because this is where we laugh at Tottenham and we laugh at Chelsea. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I mean, I just don't even know, yeah, Postacoglu, how you can really complain at all about any of it. It was, I, I know managers do it to sort of deflect attention away from the players and I get that, but People do just see straight through it. We know what you're doing. Yeah, it's cringy, isn't it? Um, from an FPL standpoint, I guess, obviously, Madison going off injured. Don't know when he'll be back. Van der Ven looked like a hammy. He'll probably be out for a while. That means I've got to take a minus four. Um, but I'm fine with doing that. So I'm obviously going to lose Van der Ven. I think I'll probably be keeping Hyungman some. Now, I would be looking at Cole Palmer from Chelsea. Five million, enabler, on penalties, playing really, really well, and the only player at Chelsea I think is worth considering. That being said, their next three fixtures <laughs> are Manchester City at home, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, and then it's Man U away. But that's an easy game. Yeah, I mean, you can you can say for Chelsea and Palmer after that four game stretch dependent on the situation because obviously it's really hard to plan sort of two three weeks ahead let alone an international break and then three weeks um their fixtures do turn a bit um for a few weeks so he's definitely worth keeping an eye on it's annoying for me because palmer like we've spoken about him several times over the last few weeks and every time it's like yeah but their fixtures are shit and they just keep getting penalties Sterling keeps diving in the box. Wild that Sterling didn't get booked for just a blatant dive in front of the ref, by the way. It's just so wildly inconsistent. If that's Salah, that's probably a red, not a yellow. <laughs> oh, typical scouse of you, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, I mean, I think to give the ref credit, it was hard to see. There were several bodies around at that point. And obviously they can't go back on VAR and look at it unless it's already been given as a penalty. So... Mm. Yeah, it, that one I can sort of let them off for. Um, Agreed. Uh, I'm only taking a mick. I think that the ref actually did a pretty good job in the game yesterday. And so did the bar, actually. They got pretty much every call correct. Um, I guess we've got to go to a few other places for this weekend. And I'm travelled up on Villa, so I didn't see them losing 2-0 to Nottingham Forest. Um, what were your thoughts on this? I had cash DRB and Watkins. I've already raised transferred out two of the three. So <laughs> talk talk to me about Villa. Yeah, it was a strange one, really, wasn't it? They, I, I think you've got to give credit to Forest. They like the atmosphere and their record at home is incredible. I think that is it. They've lost two out of their last twenty league home games, um, which for a team that only got promoted. Um, last year was their first season back up. That is that is an incredible run, and that's what you've got to do if you're going to survive in this league, especially if you're around that bottom. You've got to turn your home ground into a fortress, and they're, they're definitely doing that. It was a bit of a surprise that Awanui was obviously back. Uh, don't don't think anyone really expected that, which is why it was extra frustrating that 
obviously they they lost their clean sheet because Wood was out as well, so it was like they're going to have no striker. Um, but yeah, I think Villa sort of played into their hands a high line, uh, which they do play, and we've seen it, and they get away with it quite often. But Forrest were hitting them on the counter attack and really going at them fast. And then Martinez didn't obviously cover himself in glory, especially with a second goal. He really has to be saving that. Yeah, yeah, I just. So my thinking at the moment with Villa and actually Brighton and West Ham as well, and we can maybe get to that game in a bit as well, is that European football is starting to catch up with them. They've got all right sized squads and they're rotating, but they are starting, you're starting to see the distance in their legs. I think that's not an excuse for teams like Liverpool, teams like Arsenal, etc., because they've got big squads and they should be able to handle it. But the Villas, the Brightons, the West Ham don't. So I can see them all getting pretty leggy. And it's for that reason I'm not really that keen on anyone from those teams on FPL right now. Yes, it definitely is getting to that sort of tricky stage of the season. Obviously, West Ham uh, back in action, or they're all back in action this week on European football. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on on Sunday um, or Saturday, dependent on, on what day it is. But yeah, it's those Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday that really does catch up. Plus League Cup football. Uh, yeah. Obviously, West Ham had a great result in the League Cup last week, but then followed it up with a disappointing performance. And I w- the one thing I will say for West Ham this week is it really hurt having Paqueta and Alvarez both suspended in the same game. Um, that is got that your two central midfielders missing is a big loss. What are your thoughts on Mohamed uh, Kudus? Oh, um, I love him. In FPL. If he's I... going to be starting which is a, a bit of an if, but he has been uh, for the last couple of games now. He is definitely one to keep an eye on because he's exciting, he's pacey, he's tricky, and he's picking up goals, and he got a goal and an assist at the weekend. Joint top for um, shots inside the opposition box, and also joint top for big chances created with four across the entire game week. So if he's going to be starting... I think I'd fancy getting him over Jared Bowen at the moment. They're, I think that at the end of the day, they're both yeah, they're both they're both great shouts. Um, Bowen, you've got more of a track record with, and I think he is more nailed. He just, if he's fit, he plays. There's no doubt about that. Whereas Kudus is sort of a bit more in rotation with the other midfielders like Ben Rama. Um, even potentially sort of the likes of Paqueta in that 10 role and uh, for now it's not Lanzini he's left um so yeah we've got a lot of players in that sort of area that are all sort of fighting for the same position I do feel like he's probably done enough to earn the start and it's his shirt now to lose and probably see the others in the European football but you never know with David Moyes agreed um Liverpool won Luton won talk to me about Liverpool moving forward I feel like this is one of those games you just got to write it off and not read too much into it because over the course of the season so far, you look, I mean, defensively, you, you're still probably not touching them. Um, Simicas has obviously come in and been quite popular because he's cheap and he's an easy way into a, a top four mid, uh, top four defence, but he still can't keep a clean sheet. So it it's sort of the tale that has been for this season. Two, two out of three clean sheets for Simakas. I wouldn't say can't keep a clean sheet. But well, one of them was against a 10-man ten, ten Everton. That doesn't count. 
regardless. <laughs> I think you're right in terms of right this game off. I also think Klopp just got this completely wrong from a tactical perspective. Luton have a much smaller and more narrow pitch than any other club in the league by design by far. And what they did was what Klopp did was actually use Trent in that more inverted central midfield role. And that's why he played Joe Gomez there instead of Simikas to essentially cover when Trent goes into midfield so they can switch into a back three with Van Dijk at the centre. The problem is, on a small pitch, that meant the midfield was absolutely packed. So you had four Liverpool players in Trent, Gravenberg, McAllister and Sabozlai. You had four Luton players who packed that middle as well. So you had about... You had eight players at once, all essentially within that centre circle zone. So it played right into Luton's hands and it meant that we just couldn't get anywhere. Now, our XG for this game was 3.57. Thanks very much, Darwin Nunez. And that doesn't include the really bad miss that was just marginally called offside. I think that would have been on. Um, it, was, it would have been very interesting to see the lines drawn on that. And and you know what? That's probably about 0.8 XG. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Darwin, Darwin had an off day, but so did a lot of our players. So Bosley had a very rare off day as well. Um, Salah. Salah, when we play with that trend being inside, it forces Salah out wide. And Salah needs to be as close to the goal as possible. So I really didn't like it. I think Klopp tactically got it wrong. And I think we were punished for that. Um, that being said, it doesn't mean I'll be too worried about them moving forward. I've still got Salah. I've still got Samikas. I don't think we'll play that way again in the next game, especially not against Brentford. Um, so I'm happy keeping both for that game. And Salah is one of my captaincy options for next week. Yeah, it's going to be tricky, isn't it? That, that, that captaincy debate is going to be blown wide open if Haaland is uh, injured. And would he even be one of the top shouts away at Chelsea anyway? So, yes. um, yeah, true. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Did you watch that Chelsea game? They yeah. are terrible. They're a really, really bad team. So, I, 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 mean, I, I could make an, an argument for captaining any of my attacking players that I've currently got in my squad for this weekend. Saka at home to Burnley. Mitoma mm-hmm. at home to Sheffield United. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Salah at home to Brentford. Bowen at home to Forest. Watkins at home to Fulham. And then the two City strikers. See, I've got similarly, except I've got Son away to Wolves. And a transfer in for Diaby, Umbemo away to Liverpool. Um, we'll go to Brentford then, because Brentford obviously beating West Ham 3-2. We've touched on West Ham, but Brentford. Now, the next two games are Liverpool and Man City. So you're obviously thinking, why would any... Or Liverpool and Arsenal, sorry. So why would anyone bring in Umbemo? Surely it's the time to bring him out. No. And Remo, at his current rate, if he keeps going, is going to get 250-plus FPL points this year. And against the big teams, he plays as a single striker alone up top. Plus, he gets penalties. So I actually think, at the moment, he's fixture-proof. And from game week 14 after Liverpool and Arsenal, neither of whom have the best defence, Remo's games are Luton at home, captainable, Brighton away, conceding every single week, Sheffield United away, so that's a run of three. You really want Brian and Bremer for. So I actually think if you've got the capacity to get him early, 
do it now because Liverpool are conceding, Arsenal are conceding. For me, Embremo is still a buy at the moment. So, yeah, that I don't think anyone else from Brentford is worth considering, but Embremo for me is definitely one. Yeah, 100%. And he's someone that I'll be looking at after the international break. I want to hold my transfer until the other side of the break just because it's nice to come back with two transfers because you never know what's going to happen in that international break. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a world where I can get Pedro Nito to Mbemo, um and downgrade somewhere else. I think that is quite a, a tasty proposition for me. Are you sure you don't want Mbemo in a counter-attacking team at Anfield? I do, but I would have to take a hit. Fair enough. Okay, um, another team I think we need to speak about because they're actually low-key fantastic is Crystal Palace. Defensively, against teams worse than them, Crystal Palace keep clean sheets. That's it. Yeah, but they're boring. Yeah, but the next two are Everton and Luton. And then West Ham away, fine, they're better, but West Ham are leggy. And then they've got Bournemouth at home. Great fixtures, great defence. I've moved Tarek Mitchell in for this week. I'm probably one week too late because he just got 15 points. But I think you can't go wrong with any of the Palace defenders right now. I think every time I've ever owned a Crystal Palace defender, they've been shit. So no, 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 I just me. You owned Tarek Mitchell and for numerous points last season where he did really well for you. I'm not convinced I did. You're, that's that's like some kind of hindsight bias going on. I also Maybe. had Johnston for the first bit of the season until my wildcard, and he was actually doing really, really well. Um, I think he got a 9 and a 10, then a downgrade with him to Ariola and Serna, who have just done nothing. Um, but I think Crystal Palace, you want to be invested in them defensively right now. Yeah, and that's something I could make way for, like... Like you've done cash for Mitchell to free up some money um, for that Mbemo move. Um, but like I say, I'm going to hold it until after the international break. Everton seem to be putting some results together at the moment, so I'm not convinced Palace keep a clean sheet against them. Well, I just don't think they're looking like that score at any point. Um, another team to, I guess, let's, let's, let's have the discussion. Manchester United. Now, Bruno Fernandes and our joint team on the wild card. I told you he'd come good, and he has. 11 points. That's still a sell, right? They were ter- they were so unconvincing. It was one of those games, the longer it went on, you just knew they were going to nick a winner. Um, the whole furore around Ten Hag and the, the squad and the unhappiness that's going on behind the scenes, it's it just felt like inevitable that they'd nick a winner. But yeah, they were so unconvincing. Fulham can sort of look and sort of be a bit abject that they didn't kill them off. And if you don't kill a team like Man United off, regardless of how bad they're playing at that moment in time, there's always the chance that they make you pay. And they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, and they, they just look poor. But then their next two fixtures are Luton at home, Everton away. Like, you've got to back them against Luton, surely. Yeah, and look, my minus four moving Van der Ven out, I've got the exact money to bring Diego Dallow in. It doesn't look like there's going to be price changes overnight, so I'm going to wait until after the Champions League tomorrow, then I'll bring Dallow back into my team for these next two. That being said, 
I would not recommend looking at Manchester United because, yeah, Luton at home, fine, fair enough. But then Everton away, Everton, you're right, are starting to pick up and at Goodison could be tough. Newcastle away, you'd expect Newcastle to win that. Chelsea at home, I mean, who bloody knows? <laughs> like maybe Poch and Ten Hag are both fired by then. Like real can, can both teams lose? Uh, that's what I was thinking from yesterday, <laughs> and they kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if you've got a Bruno, then you're holding. If you've got a Hoyland, then you're holding for the next one game. After that, though, you sell. Um, shall we touch on Manchester City? Because Doku getting twenty-two points, I don't think he. I don't think he's going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> and because Pep came out a few weeks ago and said, when we need more control, Grealish starts on that side. When we need more penetration, Doku starts on that side. Now, if you look at the next four games, Chelsea away, okay, maybe Doku starts that one because they're terrible. But then Liverpool at home, Tottenham at home, Aston Villa away. You'd expect Grealish to be starting all three of those because you're going to want, if you're City, you're going to want a lot more control. And yet Doku was sensational, but the game before, Grealish was very good. So I just, I don't, I think City need a good run for me to consider Doku. And maybe game week 16 and 17, I would bring him in for Luton and Palace. Yeah, and then the problem is they blank. Yeah, and that's a big challenge because I'll already have Haaland and Embremo. So for me, it's I'm not looking at Doku. I'm not actually looking anywhere at Manchester City outside of Erling Haaland. And even though they win six, of course they can see the consolation goal, by the way. <laughs> and that's why you don't buy City defenders. But if, yeah, at the moment, I'm not looking anywhere near him despite his 22 pointer. It's disgraceful, isn't it? But it is Taylor's older time, Pep Roulette. It just, it never goes away and it never will go away. And every now and then you think, oh, I'm going to jump on board because it could be fun and this could get me a lot of points. And it will just hurt you in the long run. Never get Man City defenders. They always concede a ridiculous consolation goal from the opposition. And it's normally like an 87th minute counter attack and it's the one shot on target. And let's be honest, it's... And they had a goal disallowed as well, um, mm. rightly, for our side. But it just, the only real players that are ever nailed for City are Edison, and you're not going near that because of the price, and they don't keep clean sheets. Haaland, everyone's got anyway, and probably KDB if he's fully fit. Rodri? But even then, he's a slight risk. Rodri, I would put him in that bracket as well. But you're not yeah, there. but he's he's not really an attacking outlet, is he? So he's not he's not someone that's on anyone's FPL radar, really. Correct. Um, bit of a nightmare. Who do you think we need to be targeting at the moment, like in terms of targeting for fixtures against them? Because at the moment, I'm looking at anyone playing against Burnley, anyone playing against Sheffield United, and anyone playing at home against Luton. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, Sheffield United obviously got a good result on the weekend. A VAR nightmare again with a penalty. Two penalties in two weeks they've had that they probably shouldn't have had. Um, go on then. Cameron Archer, nine points on my bench. Shout yeah. out. What a strike that was, though. What a goal. He absolutely leathered it. Uh, but yeah, and that, that too, I'm just still pissed off at Ollie Norwood. Needed 
had a booking treble. The other two had already been booked. Norwood scores a hundredth minute penalty to get your first win of the season and you don't even take your top off or jump in the crowd. You cunt. Um, right, yeah, sorry, that's that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> we apologise for the colourful language you hear. Much like the dancing <laughs> at the Luton game. Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, and I also think um, another team that are probably not as much, but Bournemouth still are, I think, a team to target. So Newcastle this week. Um, I know it's at Bournemouth and they're probably a little bit better at home than they are away, but they are struggling. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think Bournemouth, uh, Luton, when you've got a home fixture against them, Sheffield United and Burnley are the teams you want to be looking at their fixtures. Um, Speaking of Bournemouth, their next game is home to Newcastle. Trippier coming in with three bonus points, being classic Trippier. He is not leaving my FPL team. I've decided that he's there for the remainder, probably, of the season. Um, Can't wait for him to get injured in the Champions League tonight. If he gets gets injured, he gets injured. He's out. (laughs) They are getting so many injuries at the moment as well. They've got so many players out for injury or suspension. Yeah, or betting bans. You know, that's yeah, but that's no, no, the fact no, that they're going to apparently get Neves in on loan is just a loan for like 99p a season or something like that. <laughs> 0.5% of his wages, yes, yeah, comes from the same pot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Newcastle, if you can get in on them, buy you've got that Lascelles who's four million who's starting at the back for them, burns out for a little while. I think he's a bit of a no-brainer if you're not invested in them defensively. Anthony Gordon, cheap enabling midfielder, got a goal at the weekend, still looking very good. Their next games or their upcoming fixtures are Bournemouth away, Chelsea home. <laughs> Let's be honest, they're home. They'll probably win. Manu at home, again, same story. Then Everton away, Tottenham away, Fulham at home, Luton away. So it's only really that Tottenham game you think, or oh, maybe, but that Tottenham game who bloody knows what's happening with their injuries and van der ven was the reason they've been keeping clear sheets so i really really think newcastle are a buy and i'm seriously looking at callum wilson as a ollie watkins replacement as well for game week 13. yeah i mean the only worry is obviously when isaac's back and fit and that rotation i feel like isaac's more of the champions league striker at the moment and wilson's the league but it, you just never know. And I, I, I still don't want to get Anthony Gordon in. I just can't stand him. Yeah, he just looks like such a like rat with AIDS. Who looks like more of a rat, Wilson or Fernandez? Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, I think so too. Adam Wilson does not look like a rat. I think you meant Anthony Gordon. Yeah, sorry. In, in which case, I'm declining to answer the fact that there's definitely Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is, I'm really looking forward to how much Callum Wilson rips the shit out of Mikel Antonio for his miss on Saturday, which definitely cost us three points because that oh. Ben Rama, Ben Rama was coming onto it and he just had a tap into an open goal, but Antonio had to be a fucking donkey. Honestly, you know that he did that just so he could get a goal, so Wilson wouldn't rip into him, and that yeah. has cost West Ham the three points. So and it's backfired because now he's going to get ripped into even worse. But I think West Ham should be banning him from doing that podcast if he's starting for them. I don't like just because it's obviously having an impact. It's it the whole thing and half the things he says on it about West Ham as a club. It, it, oh, it's it's just it's damaging. But 
He said, didn't he say that like he had Van Dyke's number and that you were going to finish above Liverpool? Before yeah, he said, yeah, he also said, and I know this isn't exactly breaking news and like it's an unknown player and he's like saying that here's some undiscovered gem that you should sign. But he did say that uh, Bowen would be the perfect Salah replacement when Salah goes, which like I know it's not as though Liverpool don't know who Jared Bowen is and he's probably on their radar already, but you don't want your players advertising it so ridiculous well the thing is Klopp was actually linked with Bowen and tried to get Bowen two years ago and Sam just said absolutely no way no chance in hell absolutely not so like it's Klopp's known about Bowen for ages problem is Bowen's now probably getting on a bit when we replace Salah we want to replace someone him with someone that can do it for another 10 years um but yeah how old is he he's not that old he's what 26 26, yeah. Salah's, what, 30 at the moment? So it's like, do we really want to sign someone that good for that kind of money just for like three or four years at the top? Probably not. Yeah, it's a tough one. He should just be coming into his prime now. So now is when he's going to, if ever, get a big move. It's now, but obviously he's just signed a new contract, which apparently has no release clause. So in that case, it's a non-starter. But yeah, Antonio's just an idiot. Um, In terms of next week... Oh, I should point out that our big at the back joint team did pretty damn well this week. Yeah, finally. Um, above average, I think it was 37 points. Let me just open it up. Uh, yeah, 37 points. So It's beating again, you. Yeah. It's beating you for overall rank. Overall yeah. rank of 813k. Yeah, and again, look at that oh, that bench though. Archer and Cabore on the bench. <laughs> um, Fernandez, Bowen, and Matoma with the returns. Uh, obviously, we need to get Van der Ven out of that side as well. Uh, yeah. But we do have two free transfers, so it might just be worth a one transfer and hold the two until after the international break. Um, to like Mitchell or a Palace defender. Like, I really do want a Palace defender on that. I think, I'm happy. Uh, I think Mitchell is a good shout as, the, as an easy replacement. And he, yeah. we haven't got to worry about um, Champions League or European fixtures. So it's almost yeah. nailed. Yeah, let's do that then. Van der Ven to Mitchell. Um, cool. And then the captaincy for next week. I think let's just, let's check, let's check it on Bruno Fernandes against Luton at home. That sounds fun. Yeah, I think, I, I think you might as well. What might we like? Fuck it. Yeah, that sounds fun. And then it's a bit different to what everyone else is doing as well. Captaincy for next week. I'm not sure, because at the moment, in my bus team, the captaincy is on Bakayo Saka. But he he looked useless against Newcastle. He looks like someone that needs a rest. And he's mm. not going to get it, because Arteta just runs him into the ground. If he's, every year. Yeah, and it's, it's coming back to bite me even earlier this year. Normally, he gets through to, like, February, March, and then it starts to catch up with him. Um, but obviously, coming out of the World Cup last winter, through the end of last season, the international break after the end of last season, so it's a shortened holiday window, back into pre-season, straight into the league, European football as well this year. It's all just adding up too quickly. Um, I'd like to think he wouldn't play at least one of the England games because they're two very winnable games. Like the Malta game, we should basically be playing the B team. Yeah, um, and then save the bigger ones for when you go away to North Macedonia. It's a little bit trickier. Um, but yeah, and then we're going into festive football. So what's Arteta going to do there? God knows. I think Saka does desperately need a break, though. Um, he is my busting captain for Burnley at home, but I could 
Wimpelt and move over to Salah for Brentford at home. Um, but it's a tricky one. There's no really obvious captaincy choice, I think. No, I think you're right. It's They're all much of a muchness this week. So I I, I say that someone, Haaland will probably come in and score a hat-trick at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Haaland's a sensible option. I think. Saka- I do hope, um, as, as we as we mentioned it earlier, with the, obviously the always cheating me on Friday, I do hope for their sake that he does play on Sunday because yeah, uh, they'll be at the game and obviously it'll be very disappointing to miss out on a Haaland performance. Yeah, they were saying they missed out on the KDB one last time, didn't they? Exactly, so- yeah. I mean, but to be fair, at least they'll get to witness Jared Bowen and Mohamed Kudus in person on Thursday night. The wild, wild west. <laughs> um- <laughs> wild West Ham. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, my team for next week is shaping up as Ariola, Trippier, Dallo, Mitchell, Samikas, then Salason, Embremo, Saka, then Watkins, and Haaland away at Chelsea with the captain's armband on. How are you looking? I think I am looking like Ariola. It depends what happens with cash, but probably a back three of Lamptey, Simicast, and Soufal. Uh, a midfield four of Saka, Mitoma, Salah, and Bowen, and then Watkins, Alvarez, and Haaland. But obviously, I'm waiting for injury news to see what happens. Uh, it's likely I will maybe have to burn a transfer, which I don't want to do, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking my first points hit of the season to get Dallow in for Van der Ven. So my thinking is I wanted a player with upside if I'm taking a points hit, and Dallow has that. So, I mean, at the end of the day as well, like, Van der Ven's obviously getting you zero. So, mm. like, you'd like to think well, you can make that I'd have Cameron Archer coming in against Brighton, but they're away. And, yeah, Brighton are conceding goals. But I just don't really want to be in a position where I'm starting Cameron Archer. Just in no. case just in case someone else doesn't play as well. Simikas, for example. Because so, I don't want Taylor against Arsenal coming in as my second sub, do I? Absolutely not. So I think, yeah, I'll take Van der Ven out for a minus four this week. Um, and I think Dello has plenty of upside about him. Yeah, I think you're right there. Cool. Well, how are we doing with our betting funds as well? Um, we had a winner in the Villa game, so I haven't actually updated it since then. Um, but I think we're on about 100 quid. So uh, we're looking at about double where we started. We were on 117, so I'm guessing we're now on, what, 127? There was a loser before that as well. Which uh, I, was, yeah. When was the last game in there that I updated? The 27th of the 10th. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, there's been like a couple since then, so I need That's to up fine. my game. Let's update that again. Cool. Um, other than that, though, everyone, hopefully we'll see as many of you as we can on Friday. But otherwise, don't worry about it. Everyone's had a bad week, and it's a good week to have a bad week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Spurs' as cries of pain, and we'll speak to you all next week. Things can only get better, maybe. Maybe. <laughs>